all long gone. Uh, what's up, Jason? I'm uh, I'm just doing some prep work right now for tonight's Glendale Hollywood party. Mm-hmm. Um, in about six and a half minutes, I'm gonna have to pause really quick. Mm-hmm. And move some hard-boiled eggs into a bowl of ice water. It'll just be thirty seconds, and I'll be right back on here. So, just quickly, what is that? Because hard-boiled eggs are disgusting. So, I'd love to know what you're doing with those. I'm gonna make deviled style eggs, Chris. Oh God, this is worse. This is being at like my grandma's house. You're gonna make me eat mayonnaise too? There is mayonnaise in the deviled <laughs> eggs. I hate to break it to you. There's also, but 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 let me see if I can bring you back. <laughs> there there will be paprika yeah okay. that is, is that enough or i'm gonna need more uh deviled eggs are one of the grossest foods out for me like i couldn't it's everything i hate in one not everything i hate i, I that's that, that would be too much for one plate of food obviously i'm gonna i'm gonna top these eggs though chris with some caviar does that do anything for you uh, you know I, I know you want me to like caviar because it's expensive but caviar does nothing for me it's just salt like i, I mean it's fine and it's cool that you get a little coke spoon to scoop it with mm-hmm. and I, I i love the you know high low combo of oh i just got these potato chips at the, <laughs> i got some ruffles at the 7-eleven and now we're putting 200 dollars worth of fucking <laughs> fish eggs on top isn't it good is that okay is that more offensive no i guess maybe offensive is not the right word but is that more whatever whatever the word for it is high low offensive than the david chang style fried chicken with caviar i wasn't familiar with david i don't know anything about david chang except that he's annoying like i don't know if he's a good cook i mean i like noodles from momofuku but i'm Mm -hmm. any other white person in the east village who likes noodles from momofuku so i'm not (laughs) he seems annoying to me and that i can recognize but i'm not i don't know if his food is good or bad or just dumb he is definitely annoying and he has also got worse as as time has gone on Me too. He's turned into he's turned yeah but you know he he got married he had a he had a kid or two and then he kind of turned into like suburban dad swag mm. which is which is a weird angle for this guy unfortunately but I think a while ago he sort of coined or co-opted putting caviar on fried chicken and then serving it with champagne and it turned into kind of like a meat packing mm. investment bankers to do well that's the thing with caviar in urban cuisine role play well caviar is merely the truffle of the sea right like you just put it on top of something you're able to charge a lot more it doesn't yeah do that much it's it's just like kind of fine no one's that excited about it yeah i guess so it is kind of weird i i I don't disagree with your stance on caviar because it is very expensive and it doesn't bring a whole ton to the table and and there also is a weird energy around it where it because it is so expensive and it is such a small amount that you can never really get that big old like you're always, you always feel like you have to yeah, restrain yeah, yeah. your serving size and you have to ration it out and you feel guilty putting too much on your ruffle and then at that point it's like who's having fun here guys? who is this i guess you just have to be rich you have to be able to 
truly a Ford. What combi. about on a? I, I feel like one of the cooler ways to eat it. And again, I, I I'm not an expert by any means, but mm-hmm. uh, a baked potato. Oh yeah, that seems cooler to me than like the high low chip or the little. Uh, what are the little pancakes called? Bellini. 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 B l i n i. Correct. Yeah, Bellini is the little small pancake, and then be- Bellini is is the drink. Is, is the, the drink. champagne with orange juice that you get at uh, Rock Nation brunch. Oh no, yeah. The only thing interesting about this entire conversation is the Rock Nation brunch, <laughs> and and if I if I get if I get invited, which which skinny suit from Suit Supply am I copping for three hundred <laughs> to go with the Stacey Adams on the feet? You know what? I think they're they've sort of rewritten it. Maybe it might be a little more cozy vibes only, where you can just show up with a an essentials sweatsuit. And you're you're kind of stunting. You're like you're it's, you're looking good. Oh, I love I love stunting, baby. Well, yeah. Other than that, you know, it's just a big it's a big cook, cooking day here in Glendale. Welcome to the cookout. Welcome, welcome to the cookout. Let me get a plate. Uh, <laughs> I'm um I'm did you because you hit Whole Foods early a.m. Is that what happened? I had, I did a very early Whole Foods, and I also visited Ralph's because I had to get some dill and some other stuff. But yeah, early Whole Foods. It was it was a little. It's a little dark going to Whole Foods at like nine in the morning. I guess it's not that early because you go there at like five. But you know, to to go there to like do your shopping and versus just to go get a, a smoothie with peanut butter in it. Yeah, I mean, I you know at that time I go, I usually don't see that many people doing their shopping, but but every once in a while, you know, there's a, you see a full cart at at seven thirty. That seems aggressive to me. That's just not, you know what I mean? That just that's not where my mind's at. No, unless you're like a professional catering chef or you're like a, you know, a nanny doing the shopping for the day and you've got the mm-hmm. the child in your shopping cart also wearing an essential sweatsuit. You give me you give me a manny vibe with the child wearing cuz you could I think essentials is actually would be a great thing for you cuz I bet they make it in ball player size. Which uh which ball are we talking about, Chris? Basket, foot, I mean, and honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think most balls are is is who that who that stuff. What's your favorite kind of ball? Basket, foot. Uh, I think that's what who it's who it's made for, and I I think you would look nice with the little essentials leather patch on the dick. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where they put the logo. You know, I would normally at this time in the show, I would say, you know. A classic TJ line. Let's see if Santa Claus brings it this year. But unfortunately, Santa has come and go, and I I got zero. <laughs> I got zero essentials. I did get some sweatpants though that I bought for myself. I saw. Yeah, you were wearing um, when we recorded IRL. You were wearing your navy blue camber bulletproof sweatpants just in case <laughs> you know somebody lets it lets a stray off and TJ gets clipped. Um, the thickness level is it not was i was i dressed like larry hoover yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you did look like you were about to do some pull-ups in the yard but that's kind of your <laughs> that you actually do that so i can't really make a joke about it but is the uh-huh. is the fabric of the camber is it is it too thick is is that possible it, it might be a little too heavy duty because i think it's branded for people who like salt the roads mm-hmm. and you know operate dump trucks yeah it's a it's a it's a sweat pant version of a carhartt dungaree double knee yeah 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 it's it's for when you work construction but you demand a little bit more out of your garments yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i just don't know if the yeah i mean i they look cool i i just wonder if if my thighs will be sweating just wearing those around I mean, yeah just, i mean it is a it is a concern is there such a thing as two 
rough, rugged, and raw dog ready to go for a sweatpant. Uh, because, you know, you're walking around, you're, you feel weighted. Yeah, for a person who doesn't do any manual labor, and I would, unfortunately, in this case, put you in that category because I don't think you're cleaning the gutters with those on. Oh, no. Those are, these, are your dre- no, no, no. these are your dress sweats, I would these say. These are my dress sweats. These are when these are your chilling, with no, <laughs> chilling with no makeup on, the period is on day three, <laughs> and I'm going to go see... Uh, I'm going to go to the Americana. I'm going to get some mm. a, a hot pretzel, some type of cheesy tots, and then I'm going to watch E in Paris marathon, and I don't even give a what. <laughs> Hold that thought. I'm going to move my eggs. Okay, we're back, Chris. You want to know how it went? It went really well. I Well, I had a feeling it was. It might have even been quicker than you promised, which is very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, we... We, we want to thank our How Long Gone listeners. For what? You know, this time of year, we're busy. For for bearing with us as I'm as I'm multitasking, I want to leave it all. Yeah, bearing with us as we give them three episodes a week for absolutely free. Thank you for thank you for bearing with us on that while Jason flips his fucking eggs over or whatever he was doing. <laughs> well, we uh, we also you know we're going to be recording some new ads. You may have already heard it at the beginning of this episode. Who even knows? So that's exciting. Uh, we're going to have to put some to rest. Uh, and we're going to have to really kind of deliver because the ads, you know, the old ads, a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And people, they became part of people's lives. I get a lot of tweets and comments and DMs about it. You know, yeah. don't take yeah. away the Spotify ad. It's perfect. And I'm like, perfect. luckily. Luckily, when I go in the booth, I don't write anything down. You know what I mean? Jason's got his legal pad and his pen, you know, like Eminem. I'm more like Wash Jay-Z. I go in with my Basquiat hair, and I just spit. Yeah, and you're about as good as Jay-Z at doing ad reads. Well, okay, if I'm a multi-platinum, <laughs> Grammy award-winning, rich, old guy, I guess that there could be worse yeah. things. I just I mean, set you up for a, a, a new game that I want to play, which is what what can't Chris complain about? <laughs> type of energy and getting you to compliment jay-z i feel like i tricked you almost no no jay-z is a certified absolute legend but so many hits classics groundbreaking artists he just hasn't been good in 15 years mm-hmm. and that's you know i think that we've talked about that though rap is a very difficult genre to age into and that's partly our fault i think we don't allow it the, the way <laughs> we honestly we don't we, it's it's like when you say our fault do you mean you and i personally or just the general culture general general culture i think it's like we're always but we looking, we pay we we had a pretty big hand in it ourselves so let's let's sure uh, but we're always looking for the new 17 year old with a machine gun to get us excited <laughs> when the reality when the reality is like you know that some of these guys i'm not interested in an aging jay-z but is, is that because i've been conditioned to not like that or is that because i actually don't like it who knows jason who knows and i'm mainly grateful this year that i have clean audio of chris saying that he's always looking for a new 17-year-old. So <laughs> no, no, don't don't make this about me. We do have a guest today, Jason. <laughs> uh we uh Rax King, the maybe the coolest name that we've ever had listed on, on this podcast. Uh Seriously. Really has a really has a third man records artist name to Yeah, her. Rax is yeah, Rax's new 7 inches out now. It's just guitars. <laughs> it's just guitars. Um no, but but she has a a new book called Tacky 
um, that uh, touches on a lot of topics, similar topics to what we talk about here here on the show. All kinds of tacky stuff. She also has a podcast called Low Culture Boil, um, and she's written for publications like Glamour, Mel, uh, and lives in in Brooklyn, which uh, we we of course get into. the The episode is fun if you're a fan of two very important things in our lives. One of them being the Cheesecake Factory for me, and then the band mm. Creed for Chris. We really get wide open about both of those subjects and i actually just picked up some cheesecake factory brown bread mini nibblers and those will uh sneak preview for you tonight chris at the how long gone holiday party they'll be around with a little butter you can smear it on there chris oh wow thanks for that okay let's uh let's let's talk to rack so you can stop talking about mediocre food for once (laughs) bye how long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp. You know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit-chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from i don't like anyone if you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash how long today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash how long nice how Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker stronger hair go ahead give it a tug Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker stronger faster growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. Yeah, we appreciate when anybody comes to the table with elite podcaster gear uh, because we've dealt with a lot of, like Jason said, that there's a lot of people that that do this all the time but still haven't invested the $50 into the gear, which is mind-boggling. They have podcasts that are way bigger than both of our podcasts combined <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. make a lot more money 
and record it in a well on a on a Motorola razor. It sounds like. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of have to do it this way because I live on the corner where all the ambulances drive by with their sirens on twenty four hours a day. So uh, my first couple episodes of my podcast before I had my shit. It, it wasn't even me talking. It was just like ambulances with my voice kind of superimposed in places. Okay. Is that because you live next to a hospital or are you in like gang territory? Well, I do live near a hospital, but I, I think it's been more lately. And I think that it's uh, COVID coming back to bite us in the ass oh, again. Yeah. Oh, the COVID ambulance chasers going in and out of your block. Yes. Oh yes, my it is. God. Damn, what, man. you know, what doesn't, what doesn't this thing touch? You know what I I'm know. saying? We can't even have an, we, we can't even have, we can't even podcast without this shit getting in the <laughs> yeah. way. This is bullshit. Come for the man. elderly people, but, but not my podcast. Yeah. Not my podcast. Exactly. Leave us alone. <laughs> Look, people are going to die. People are going to die, and that's fine. But my content has to be created. I can't. I can't. It has to be crystalline. Like, it has to sound perfect. I'm a fellow gear slut as well, so it's nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not much of an audio cat, and, and that kind of bothers Jason a little <laughs> bit because I sometimes my, my audio that I send him is not up to his quality standards. Yeah. Um, and I really try to care you know what i mean but i just what does can't. that mean i and really I, I, try to care that's not i really care it's i really <laughs> you attempt to care what does that mean exactly well i i appreciate the audio quality and what it requires to get it there but unfortunately i'm just not capable of like prioritizing that versus my comfort maybe or something of, of that nature riddle me this then chris literally the only <laughs> thing that you need to make your audio sound better is something that gives you comfort which is any furniture in your room at all anything at all other than a wooden desk and a and a metal leather chair a couch a chair a sofa, a bed, a rug. The list goes on. Do you hear what I deal with? This man's attacking my not only my audio sensibility, but my design sensibility, which most people would agree is better than his. So I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know. I just told you, buy a couch, buy a chair, <laughs> buy a rug, buy a bed, anything other than... I'm sitting I'm sitting in a beautiful Eames three-pad <laughs> desk chair, vintage, brown uh -huh. leather, uh -huh. uh, and that seems to do the trick for me. It's pretty comfortable I mean, so far. You know what I mean? We've only been podcasting for 10 See, Rax over here, the chair she's sitting on itself is absorbing so much sound. Look at that fuzzy, comfy chair you're on. Yeah, I don't mean to <laughs> brag, but I do have a chair, so <laughs> I don't mean to she's got a, She's losers, got a leg up I on you, and I... Is that is that faux polar bear? What is? I mean, I don't think you're. I almost said it's real polar bear, but then I was like, not even as a joke, Rax. Not even as a joke. No, this is an IKEA polar bear. Yeah, something like that would be nice for you, Chris. It does, my okay, back is well, covered in sweat right now. That is a significant <laughs> downside to my setup. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the downside. Okay. I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I do. I guess I do prioritize comfort, Jason. But I'll try to. I'll try to make some leaps, you know, in the right direction for you. Because I, I don't. Bold face I, I don't live. Like but on to you, Rax. <laughs> so are you? Are you in LA? Is that right? No, I I uh, live in New York. I live in Jason. I mean, Chris and I were just talking about my shithole apartment and the great lengths that I go to to. <laughs> Try and make it not a hovel. Okay, what is so shit holy about it? Uh, the walls are crumbling. <laughs> it is uh, okay. So structure structurally, it's not sound. That's something yeah. we need to concern with first and foremost. So so people will take a tour of your place and they're like, this place has got 
Mm, some bad bones. Yeah. What somebody might <laughs> say I'm not about convinced your spot. it has bones. I think the landlord no like put up some no fake bullshit and was just like, it's walls. And I can see, I'm like looking <laughs> at a walls. real problem wall. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not walls. It is not the walls. The walls are they're made out of all purpose flour. <laughs> yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, before I moved in here, I, I was working at a construction firm at the time, so I had access to the city's database of, oh, like, what's wrong with this building. Damn. And that's how I know that the building is structurally unsound, and I bullied my landlord into giving me cheaper rent because of it, and that was cool. Damn. But that decision is biting me in the ass right now. <laughs> so uh, so you, the karma of extorting your landlord <laughs> is, is starting to come back and bite you a little bit. Yeah, it turns out that, because, like, at the time, I was like, well, this is great. I'm going to get cheaper rent to live in this apartment. And now I'm remembering mm-hmm. why I'm getting cheaper rent. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. falling apart. Uh, sure. So you're sure. Like, I have access to all the shittiest places in the town. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Draw a heart around it like the classified ads. Yeah, like he's still, my landlord's still coming out ahead. He is still charging me money to live in this hovel. Yeah, any money, any money at all is too much. Well, I, I want to talk about your construction background. I didn't know this was a. I didn't know you were a blue collar chick like that. <laughs> front of house or back of house? Yeah, uh, what's front, the vibe? Front of house in that analogy. I mean, I worked in the office. I I didn't do handwork. I did emails. You use the mental. Use the mental, not the physical. Have you? Did you watch House of Gucci? As an aside, yes. Okay, so you're kind of like <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah you know. I, I watched the hell out of House of Gucci. I loved. <laughs> so you watched the hell out of House of Gucci, but but early on in the in the film. It shows Lady Gaga working in the construction office, and it's all the Guido guys like catcalling her as she's walking past the cement mixer to this kind of trailer office. But it's very nice, and everyone's wearing fur and smoking in there. So same kind of vibe for you over there. So yes, but uh, I didn't have the the mouthy Italians. I worked for Hasids, so uh, okay, I kind okay. of faked my way into the job. I was like, I'm Jewish, and the lady didn't ask any questions, and then I was not the right kind of Jewish by any stretch. If a nice Hasidic man were to catcall you, what might it sound like, Rax? Just a little fun role play. <laughs> I don't do impressions. I certainly don't do impressions of like the Hasids I used to work with. I will say, uh, uh, you know, we, I can't do it. Chris can't do it. You apparently can. So, you know, spread your wings and fly. You're the only one we have. I, I wouldn't get canceled for it, but everybody would groan because I don't do good voices. Okay. I will say that one of the guys in my office, you know, it was, again, all Hasidic dudes. And I just kind of mindlessly like went to shake his hand when I met him. And that was obviously a no-go. But then every time he mm-hmm. saw me after that, he would do finger guns at me as a little fun oh, workaround. God and I it. just love that. Look, I mean, I assume this is this is a COVID thing. You're supposed to do like a little elbow <laughs> bump or a finger gun, but he wouldn't shake your hand at all. That's, is, that's that, like, uh, is this pre-COVID? COVID, yeah, well before COVID. Is that just because you're a woman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they don't touch women that aren't okay, there. Got it, got it. You have to be a wife to get touched. Yeah. In any I didn't way. know that. If you're in for some hot yeah, handshaking yeah. action, you got to go straight to the husband. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got. I saw this guy's hands, and I just knew I had to marry him. I mean, oh my god, the hands on this guy—it was fucking beautiful. It's, a, it's powerful, man. It's important. Okay, so you so you used to work front of house construction. This was in New York as well. Yeah. Okay. Are you born and raised in New York? No, I'm from DC. Okay. 
okay. I got nothing. Wow, you looked like you were trying to like have something to say about that, and then there was just nothing. (laughs) Sweet Green is from there. That's that's about it. You know, near and dear to my heart. You guys got Minor Threat and Sweet Green, two of my favorite exports. And and Fugazi. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Bad brains. You know. I probably like Mm -hmm. Fugazi more than Minor Threat on a listenability scale. You know what I mean? As an adult, I can put on Fugazi and and feel good about that. Age better. It age better. Yeah, Minor Minor Threat doesn't really feel appropriate in my you know BMW X5 going to Whole Foods. You know what I mean? But but Fugazi does. (laughs) But but Fugazi does. Fugazi does. Ian Mackay is a super nice guy. Actually, he like came to one of my shows once because like if you live in DC, he's around and play music. Yeah, he just goes to everything. Mm -hmm. So it felt incredibly cool for me. But he was like not paying attention. Everyone was buying him drinks or. I guess he doesn't drink, but whatever. Like sure. buying him Orange offerings. Offerings. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're Another glass getting... of milk for my friend Ian over there. <laughs> yeah, that's actually in Atlanta. That happened for... I, I'm from Atlanta, and that used to happen for a, a couple-year period with Andre 3000. Yeah. Where he would... He would come to hardcore shows and like punk shows and just kind of check it out because he just liked the energy kind of kind of thing. He's so cool. Why is he so much so cooler cool. than anyone? And now he goes to the mall here in L.A. and just plays the flute in the parking lot. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy has <laughs> sounds like a made up thing. Wow. No, no. He he's known to pop up with his flute and just begin wailing on that thing. I saw him once at at the popular mall here called the Grove. So. So you've got Ian McKay. Chris has Andre 3000 here in LA. It's like our version of that is like Andy Dick will show up to your show and like <laughs> and like rape rape someone and then piss in the corner. So it's you, not got, you quite, guys have cool stuff. It's a lot yeah, cooler. Yeah, can you stop that from happening? Is there the a police way to have like been trying for decades? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like wanted Andy Dick kind of situation. Yeah, he is. The talent, the talent agents of Hollywood have done it, but the police is still trying to kind of catch up to that. I think. You know yeah, I mean? he's been deplatformed on social media, but the police can't catch him. He's a slippery little guy, <laughs> like a greased up pig at the county fair. Like a he greased really up is. hog. <laughs> Try and catch what him. What a freak! I, I haven't thought about him in a long time. Actually, he used to be because he was on TV quite a lot for a little while because he would do those they would VH1 not stop shows. putting him on TV why did they keep letting that happen maybe he had some Epstein dirt on Hollywood exactly That's I mean like somebody owed his or his agent was owed favors by like enough people that it yeah. generated a career for a while I feel like Andy because of his drug use and his philandering he's probably seen some shit incriminating yeah. things that's a good point and he can he's like I don't remember anything last night but I remember you did blah, 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 Tom yeah. Cruise. And he's like, Andy, whatever you want. I'm so Bro, sorry. Andy, Andy, we'll get you on that VH1 reality show. Let's it's- get you a Christmas special and just like forget this all ever happened. Put this whole thing behind us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need an, an Andy Dick Christmas special is exactly what we need. That's a great idea. You're part of the problem. I think I'm the only Andy Dick sympathizer in this town. I don't know why he tickles me. Andy Dick sympathizer. <laughs> what did he? What did he? What is he? famous for like news radio or something wasn't he on like a he was on like a real show and was like yeah, he was on news radio he was on a, he was on a bunch of shows but like comedy wise he's like a talented comedian he just has fallen by the wayside like he's like the real heads really appreciate him like a like a louis ck perhaps a comedian's comedian so he got his start in the comedy biz and then made it onto tv the classic pipeline of your yeah it doesn't happen anymore you're right what happens now um just nothing nothing happens nothing good there's happens. no well there's no more tv shows right so like there's no like sitcoms where a comedian yeah. is there or at least there hasn't been since i can remember you know what yeah the old school where yeah we're like joe rogan was on a tv show just being like you know the foil a little bit and it was a minor role i think now you just get 
three Netflix specials for $10 million and you have a uh, TikTok and then you're kind of good to go. It sounds like shit. <laughs> it does sound like shit. I agree with you. No, it sounds, I mean, like I think going to do like a NBC sitcom every day where you can't say anything you want and there's a laugh track and you have a kid there and the grandma there and it's like, that sounds like shit. I'd rather get ten million to do exactly what I was already doing before. I don't think I, I don't think you realize how much money you make when you're on a sitcom. How Chief. much money you used to make if you go to sitcom? If you go into syndication, I think that sitcom pay is still more. Even if you don't go into syndication, I think it's really, really crazy, Brad. That's because you're old and and <laughs> you're going on like a, a system that is a little more mm, outdated, Chris. Of course, I pay so. more attention to the media landscape than you. Yeah, no, that's that, that's <laughs> well, the, contemporary. Of course, you have you have the '80s, '90s really down though with the CAA books and stuff. Yeah, thank you. The CAA book is great. I recommend it this holiday season. Uh, you know, that's that's that's, that's fine. Uh, I recommend it every year. I recommend it every year. Well, we you have a book. I guess we should recommend as well don't you well, we'll see legally you do have to recommend my book because i'm here so <laughs> mm-hmm. you know uh it's called tacky mm-hmm. it's an essay collection about things like creed and the cheesecake factory so exclusively really good things okay yeah well luckily luckily for you i'm a big creed guy and jason's a big cheesecake factory guy so you kind of found your home here at how long gone you can zig or zag and you'll be right home here rex so <laughs> let's get in let's get into creed first and then we'll move on to the cheesecake okay uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a Creed hater, but I wouldn't say I'm a Creed lover. Mm. <laughs> um, I've I've heard you speak a little bit about Creed, just like you know, the music stands up the test of time. Scott, the lead singer, is a Jesus-like character that's a little more handsome than we all realized. They have a positive message without you know being terribly cheesy. The Christian undertones are somehow digestible. That's uh, that's about the shape of things i mean my point is mostly it's not so much like you have to like creed like i don't i don't think that's true of course but i do think that uh the fervor that people once reserved for hating creed was a little suspect and over the top and i never really believed that people hated them that much i think you know you're trying to Say something else when you say that this band is not even worth consideration. If you if you go out of your way to poo poo Creed, what do you think that is actually saying when you're when you're when you're doing that? I think it's the same way that uh, people act like Florida is this like mm-hmm. this special hotbed of awfulness, and really it's just you know it's just a place, and a lot of people live there, and it's a lot of different places depending on sure. where you are and who you are in totally. Florida and i think creed is like the florida of new metal bands oh, and and new metal is the florida of music yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like creed has a few miami songs sure yeah but they also got a few fort lauderdale songs they also got a few you know i think it's mostly tampa it's their a lot of tampa is, it's yeah. a lot i was going to say i was going to say the bulk of got, their catalog sure is tampa based it's it's downtown ebor city if you will you know what i mean i don't, I don't know how much you've been to florida i'm jewish i've been to florida all the time I, I, I've, I've been dying to go to florida as soon as art basil finished i'm it's in my bones i gotta get down there and do some roller skating but sorry chris go ahead i think that you're absolutely right about this like doth protest too much kind of kind of energy to this whole thing but i also think when you look just at 
chart position alone these motherfuckers were beloved if you base it on popularity and and like sales like they they had a real moment there for a while Mm -hmm. and what he's turned into is also factor that i don't factor but go ahead is pretty cool you know what i mean he's he's really like he looks insane like full botox guy like the whole shit like looks yes okay so if we're gonna go there (laughs) we are 2014 yeah let's let's dive in in 2014 i was uh futzing around online as you do Mm -hmm. and an event made itself known to me and that event was scott stapp of creed performing live at the new jersey vape expo (laughs) (laughs) and i wanted to go so bad and i'm I'm kicking myself to this day i didn't go to that because that must have been a crazy fucking event he was like this was when he was like making these facebook videos saying that the cia was stalking him and talking about like he wrote a song for the miami marlins he was just like really in his blue period (laughs) it's so sick it's so sick he was such a good song scott was in his fucking bag Scott was in his fucking bag in 2014. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's what he was born to do. So I didn't know that he went a little down down a troubled path with the CIA and stuff like that. The vape stuff checks well, out. Well, Jason, have, also, you ever right. used, have you ever used methamphetamine like a lot? Because it kind of, you know, you, you kind of get in your zone a little so bit. So was he, was it, was meth to blame for this behavior? I don't he know. He was, I don't think meth. I, he wasn't sober and now he is. And oh. he also had not yet been diagnosed with bipolar, which now mm-hmm. he's on medication for. So it was like, it was a real dark period, like in a, not that funny way, actually. I mean, obviously, in a very funny way. But, like, <laughs> but also, it's you yeah, know, when yeah, you look yeah, at this yeah, as yeah. something that's actually happening to a real person who like has a family, it's like it's not that cool to shit on this guy. It's a, it's a crossroads of a lot of bad things happening to a person right. at one time. Yeah, I mean, he right. was. They were also like really famous, and it was one of those bands that was completely faceless except for him. It could have been anyone playing right. those other instruments. Like no one knows anything about them. I don't know what their names are, and I'm a Creed yeah. fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. I don't know that I mean, but yeah, I think that the that time period. But it was it. This to me is also similar to the to the Woodstock documentary that we talked. You know, that came out a little while ago, where all those bands were just like so big. But I, I don't know if like hating Limp Biscuit was a personality trait in the same way that hating Creed was. It was like I hate this, and that defines me more than what I like, which is a very strange conundrum to put yourself in. Well, that 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 is an interesting point because I was a Limp Bizkit hater because I hated the type of people who were Limp Bizkit fans because yeah. those were the people like I would go to high school with and those were like the shitty people that I didn't like. They seemed like assholes, they seemed like pieces of shit. So uh, their their music was not for me. I had a similar issue with Sublime as well growing up in Orange County. But a, a Creed fan, there's not it's kind of hard to distinguish them as like a certain type of person maybe because their reach was so wide, you know, moms are liking them, little kids are liking them. They didn't have like a certain type because I don't know how new metal they they were because yeah, yeah i would agree that they they were a little outside they were like a little bit outside of the, the a core on the ambiguous side of things yeah and i think that uh that was a big reason that they became so easy to hate i mean they're as we've said they were crazy stupid popular like multi-platinum selling out arenas mm-hmm. and then the people who seemed to be giving the directive to dislike them we're, I mean, let's just call them like professional intellectual types, you know, like critics and mm-hmm. and writers. Thank yeah. you, people like people like myself. Yes, professional people basically intellectual. identical to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, people that I relate to a lot. Right, high thinkers, <laughs> stuff like that. Okay, people who enjoy fugazi. But it it ends up being this 
dichotomy of sorts between like people giving the directive to despise this band, not ever giving any real reason, just saying like this band is bad because it's bad. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, millions Classic. of people who like it, like them because it's, it's easy to like, it's not hard on the brain creed. No. Yeah, no. And I, I love smooth brain music from time to time. And, and that's something Jason likes things that are a little more challenging, but I'm, I like to be challenged by the arts, but I do not. <laughs> that's a conversation. <laughs> I will not sit here and be challenged by a fucking painting. Yeah, that, that's right. I'm going to stare that painting in the face. And I'm going to fucking get it. I'm going to get it quick. I'm going to know what's in that painting. I think that that era, though, is is just really... Because we talked about on some recent episodes, like the, the kind of Bloghouse era, because we had our friend on who wrote a book about Bloghouse. And it was probably one of the worst dressed eras of all time that we lived through, if not the worst. And and I think that, mercifully, the Creed Limp Biscuit era was a little bit like... It was uglier, but it was in a mass way, I think. It was like, that's what the world looked like at the time. Right. Whereas I think, I think Bloghouse was more of a microcosm of, of what, what things were going on. You know, when my book came out, I had a, I had a book release party for it that was like early 2000s themed. Okay. So I was Googling, you know, early 2000s style, early 2000s mm, makeup, trying to get my outfit together. Mm-hmm. And every single thing that I found was, you know, it would be a slideshow of iconic looks and it would begin with now the early 2000s weren't a very good time for fashion style and makeup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody looked like dog shit. And, you know, fair enough, we all did. But I think it's, it's kind of telling that it was such noisy dog shit. Like the, everything was so metallic. Yeah, and yeah. Snakeskin and like the pants had a million belts hanging off the back of them. Like nothing was quiet or easy to overlook i like noisy dog shit yeah that's just, yeah. so so i guess is this the reason why you chose this theme because your book is called tacky this is the epitome of tackiness or is it like can you be campy can you be tacky and camp i thought about this uh no i don't think so i think that uh the difference is that Tacky is like camp that's embarrassed of itself like the whole thing with camp is that you take something that you think is bad and you declare that it's actually so bad it's good Mm. it's so over the top Mm -hmm. it's so bad that it circles back around on itself and i think tacky not so much that moment never came with something like creed the the tackiness is ignorant of its own tackiness whereas the camp realizes it so it's okay right there's a little more fun a little more fun there yeah i think that's true damn okay so what what exactly (laughs) was the uh what what look did you land on for this early 2000s tacky party uh, I had a Von Dutch hat. That was a big, mm-hmm. big element of, of my look. And I had a big old belt. Was it was it original Deadstock Von Dutch hat from your archives? Or this is a newer reissue? No, a, a friend of mine made it for me. It says tacky on the front. Oh. And I think it's just like an Amazon Von Dutch hat. Oh, a, oh, a Von Dutch style hat, but custom. Yeah, in, in the, after the manner of Von Dutch. I understand. Yeah. I understand. We don't want you to get sued or anything. Thank and you, you said a large me. belt? Von <laughs> Dutch, they're very... Christian Adige is very litigious. You should watch out for him. <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that was the big thing for women was like a giant belt for no reason how many inches wide are we talking girl a, a couple to to three or four <laughs> okay. it was like a like a micro penis belt <laughs> if you were to lay your micro meat out on it it would be a perfect size <laughs> it, it would just cover yeah damn <laughs> 
That's a <laughs> great descriptor for a belt. That really you should be an authoress because you sure can paint a picture. <laughs> yeah, you really. That's that's how I measure everything is in micro penis. <laughs> yeah, we just, yeah, that's that's a it's it's new. It's I don't understand the metric system, but this I understand. You know, th- it's instinctive. Yeah, yeah, you're making it really easy for both of us to understand. <laughs> Use what you know. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this party. Did everybody have to dress in the theme, or was it kind of you leading the charge? Not everybody had to. Pretty much everyone did. I mean, I, it would have been very horrible if I was the only one. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, costume. I'm really not into, I'm <laughs> just not bad. into themes, but I feel like this is very appropriate. You know what I mean? I feel like you kind of, yeah. I get it that you kind of had to, but I mean, I feel like we're probably, you know, of a similar age generally. So I think we, we really lived this once in a way that we deeply understand it. So it wouldn't even be hard. Right. It wouldn't be hard. But Chris, to, uh, you're, you're more of a Grinchy fella. So I don't, I, mean, I can't really <laughs> imagine you ever dressing up for a themed party. Have you ever dressed up for a theme party? Probably. Yeah. I don't like to do it myself. I don't really like, it's not something I like to themes do themes for parties. It's a little try hard. The theme of the party is that it's a party looking hot, getting fucked up. That's what you do at a party. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's there's no it doesn't matter what clothing I'm wearing and that for the for the Get the micro out. <laughs> yeah. That's a get party. Get the straw out, get the razor blade out. We're doing I, it. I throw the micro around the waist and I'm ready to hit the town, baby. <laughs> okay, so how many people got COVID at your party? I'd like to say zero. Of course you'd like to say, but what's the real number? I'd like to, and I'm going okay. to, because nobody got in touch with me after. <laughs> May they rest in peace. Your hands are clean. Yeah, I mean, I assume that if anyone got COVID, they had the good courtesy to die and uh, not leave me to deal with That's it. Perfect. I was so worried about calling you and telling you, I just died. I just literally died. I had to die to get, get, get to get this off my chest. It's just good manners. Don't tell me you got a disease at my party. I don't want to know about that shit. That's your problem. Decency. That's between you and your God. decency to die (laughs) okay so we're both in la right now and my life partner was just in new york and she was saying it's covid crazy over there in new york we need boots on the ground scene report what's going on uh she's right it is (laughs) that's it yeah it's fucking wild out here guys that's it yeah it's like almost i'm not gonna say almost everybody but so many people that i know have turned up this past week like with Positive COVID diagnoses, and I, I just took a test today, and I don't have it, thank God. But and uh, thank you for doing that. We make all of our guests test before we do the show, even so. though it's virtual. Yeah, because I actually have never tested. That's kind of my whole thing. It's like if I sure. if I don't know, then I don't have it. Is kind of my outlook. And I, I some people have a problem with that, but it seems kind of like a modern. That's been his outlook for a lot of different diseases <laughs> through the years. <laughs> so it seems good for now, but like you know, I guess if if they force me to take one, maybe I'll get some answers I don't want. You know? You might, and uh, you know the f- when you do the at home ones, it makes you wait for fifteen minutes between sticking the thing up your nose and knowing whether yeah. you're about to yeah. die, yeah. and that's a really bad fifteen minutes. I was just I was sitting there this morning. I had my test in front of me. I was watching my uh, my planet Earth. And it was all just like wildebeest massacres and shit. And I kept saying, this is a bad omen for 15 minutes. Wow. I, when I, the last time I did mine, I like probably went, did the dishes, something like that, you know, folded some laundry, but you were watching planet earth wildebeests. I mean, that's what I'm doing at any given time anyway. It's not like I had my planet earth set up specifically to be mood music for my COVID test, but yeah. So a lot of people will have ambient TV on in the background, Seinfeld, friends, stuff like that. Are you more, you're more of an earth girl? 
I like when I, because I don't watch TV, you know, I, I scroll my phone and the TV's on. Mm-hmm. But I like yeah. when I look up from my phone and there's a, there's a guy in front of me, some kind of like cow or whatever. A, a guy. Yeah, I just love seeing yeah. guys on the tube. You know what I'm saying, fellas? Just a, just a fella, yeah. Some kind of male animal in all his majesty. Yeah, all animals are boys. That's like rule one. Anytime I see an animal, I think it's a boy. I agree with you, and I, I hate to gender animals, but I, I have to. I agree with you. It's got to be done. I, yeah, I don't. I, it's an instinct that I cannot control. I, I, you know, I've never watched one of those shows in my life, which is kind of crazy because I used to smoke weed every day for 15 years. <laughs> That's what I do. That's why I watch them. That was my follow-up question. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've yeah. never watched one before. I don't, the, you know what it is? I think that the 4K definition is too much. It's too far. It's mm. too realistic. I, I want things a little. That's how I feel about the ones with the ocean. I don't need to know in that much detail what's going on at the bottom of the ocean. They would have told me by now. It's too fuzzy. It's too crispy. Yeah, it's too crispy. It's I so want. Crispy. Maybe I want... you guys need to get some shittier TVs. That's going to be a cool new underground movement. <laughs> yeah, it's like a VHS. We're in, we're not doing 4K. We're doing 1K. Yeah, we're going all the way back. No, I just can't watch that stuff. And it, it seems it's like it's the Beatles die. It's like never ending, right? There's just hours yeah. and hours and hours of it. That's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. You never want to see the end of it. Yeah, exactly. And they keep wheeling out David Attenborough. <laughs> I think that's, that's just what he does now is he narrates the, the goings on of the guys in the wild. That's a good gig. And he like observes them and makes catty remarks sometimes. He's the, he's the Joe Rogan of nature. I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I can make catty remarks about anything. I can't. How come I'm making less money than this David guy? This is bullshit. Yeah. He's a knight. Too. You're not a knight. You're not a knight, Chris. That I know of. Man, fuck both y'all. Yeah, you don't know not you don't know nothing about me. You don't know shit about me. Okay? <laughs> yeah, his his voice is just so perfect though, you know? It is. It's really it's soothing and it's it's beautiful. And then he once in a while he'll say something like sarcastic mm-hmm. and it throws me because I'm just like, What who the fuck are you, Sir David Attenborough? Yeah, this kid's yeah. got I mean he he could with a voice like that, he can tuck me uh, right out of my true religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you're a you're a known scroller looking at your phone while you're watching quote unquote watching TV do you uh, do you do this solo or do you also do it with friends uh, sometimes it'll be a social thing there'll be a bunch of us all on our phones not speaking uh-huh. to each other that's how I like uh-huh. to socialize Smart. probably not good for anybody but that's how it's done that's how everyone socializes you just have to see people because otherwise you're a loser or whatever <laughs> but you don't want to speak I'm not going to go through the trauma of speaking to my friends you're so. not, not going to ask somebody how are they but it's good to breathe the same Omnicron air right. and scroll together just in case right you got to get all your friends together just to you know, transmit COVID in case anybody doesn't have it. It's a responsible thing. To I'm do. as a big. I That's Jason, right. are you the one that called me the Golden State Scroller? I did. Uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> which is sounds like a serial it, killer. It's named after the Golden State Killer, uh, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. which is which is a, ah, a famous okay. thing going on. And and Jason called me the Golden State Scroller, which is something that I take pride in because I kind of try to one up myself every week on screen time much like a serial killer your your total death count is a number that you keep an eye on yeah exactly you always want it you're always trying to see how you can improve that score your batting average exactly your average whatever it may be and same for Chris yeah I'm constantly trying to improve myself and by that it means spending more time on my cellular telephone the amount of time the amount of angry birds that come across his <laughs> iPhone every day it's it would make your head spin. <laughs> but speaking of angry birds, let's get into the cuisine of Cheesecake Factory. I was just there last week at the Grove, the very same mall where I saw Andre 3000, known flautist. Flouting. Sounds like a glamorous place. It has its ups and downs. But um, there's 
I, I was never really a cheese head. I just kind of thought of it as, you know, bad food for bad people. R- normal, you know, creative restaurants. I see you grimacing, of course. This has a... I'll turn it around, but because of my life partner's <laughs> love of Cheesecake Factory her whole life, she had to show me, let me show you my factory. Mm. And now I yeah. see, you know, it's just like, you know, someone comes to LA, someone goes to Florida. Yeah. This place is a fucking shithole. Yeah. But then if you have, if you're dialed in, you got your guy with the Lamborghini, let me get you a cafecito. That's the Coke guy. Here's where you get empanada, whatever. Then you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Same thing for cheesecake. Yeah, you need a concierge. You need a concierge. Sure. You need I, I you need you. somebody to shepherd you because that menu is large, right? Uh yeah, the menu is I Biblical. mean if I didn't already know what I was getting every time I went to a cheesecake factory, I would stop right there. It's too okay. it's too scary. Well, that that brings me to another point is my life partner does the same thing where it's like, "Oh, scan the menu. Here's the menu. Clunk it down." And she's like, "That won't be necessary." Kind of like how Chris, when he goes to Mr. Chow's, it's it's considered uncouth to ask for a menu, right? I would never ask for a menu. I mean, you, a fool would do. They that. offer it to you, but if you accept it, you're a known newbie, and it, nothing is worse than being a newbie. You're treated poorly, spitting in the food, as if the food could get any worse. It's like going to a omakase sushi restaurant and asking for French fries and a California roll or something like that. This is why I never go anywhere. I don't know the rules of any. <laughs> There's a lot of rules. There's, I've never, you know, I've I've never been to Cheesecake Factory in my entire life. Really? Um, no, never. And I I'm gonna try to. I think I can make that last probably forever. It doesn't. It's not really up my street. But I do. Mm-hmm. I do think the. It seems like a really um a place that really delivers on the American promise of portions. Am I am I oh yes. am I wrong to assume that are the portions large and in charge? Astronomical. Yeah. You should you should get like three meals out of your cheesecake factory order. So it's so it's a so when you get the yeah. when you get the uh, Alfredo, it's big mama size. It's this is for the family. Yeah, it's uh mm-hmm. that's that's something that I actually refuse to get just because when they plunk that plate down in front of you, it like makes a sound. Mm-hmm. Like it lands. Mm-hmm. A thud. And then you just confront the reality of the amount of fettuccine Alfredo that you've just like contracted with yourself to eat. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't do that. That's too depressing of a dish to eat like three of in a row. No, it's it's too much white food, which is something we got to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't like to make this about race, but white f- <laughs> White foods, I can't think of that many that I'm interested in eating three portions of. But I mean, if I were trying to, so let's say I'm trying to eat clean, I'm on my workout swag, you know, what am I getting at? What what at Cheesecake? Chris, 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 they have a whole chapter, (laughs) the New Testament of the menu that's called Skinnylicious. There are dozens of items, food, cocktails, apps, desserts, all of all from the Skinnylicious menu. A lot of their dishes, like the name of the dish is copyrighted, which I think should say something about what you're in for. Yeah, that's true. But I, I guess I, a Skinnylicious to me sounds like more of a branding opportunity than an honest statement about what's on that portion of the menu. The Skinnylicious branding is a direct reaction to when chain restaurants had to list the amount of calories on each menu item Uh, because cheesecake factory if you look at the menu items and the corresponding calorie counts it's one of the more upsetting things (laughs) that's and i think that's the main reason why rax and my life partner choose not to look at the menu and have their items memorized because one slice of carrot cake is 
1,720 calories. Yeah, there's not a single thing on that menu that is less than your recommended caloric intake for the entire day. Like, everything is about a day and a half's worth of eating. <laughs> yeah. How do you It's got- true. There, How- there are multiple salads on the menu that clock in well over 2,000 calories. <laughs> how do you... So can you explain to me like how you get yourself psyched up to go there? I mean, I... It's less of a psych. It's, it, it involves more depression than psych. <laughs> you don't Chris. go to the Cheesecake Factory. You end up at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah. But, but the life thing- Life flushes you down a toilet yeah. and you suddenly are in you the say that You say that, but Jason, I know this from talking to you, and I'm sure it's true in New York, Rax, but it's like, you know... Uh, it's like hard to get a table. It is. Like it's like hard to go. It's very hard. So is it? If you, it turns out a lot of people are depressed in America. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying. So if you go, I guess what I'm saying is you go on a Friday night, 730. Is the mix of people there like people like you who are doing this for kicks once every couple months? Or is it lifers? Like what's the split between this is a nice restaurant for my family or or like hey we're having a laugh. I'll let you answer but quick Rex it's just like a Creed audience. There's a little <laughs> bit of everything. I think that's right. I, I mean there are a lot of people like cuz Cheesecake Factory sits on a weird like balance of traits about itself. So like it's mm-hmm. fancy when you go in there it reads as fancy. Yeah. But it's not super expensive. So it's a place where people go to like celebrate people who don't go to restaurants that often it's like a special occasion place Mm -hmm. but it's also like gaudy enough that people who do have plenty of money and go to restaurants all the time they still think it's fun to like hang out at the cheesecake factory because it's so gaudy and because like chris jenner is really into it and shit like that Mm -hmm. and it's you know now hold on now i'm turning around (laughs) hold on now you finally said something that's attracting me to this fucking gout place yeah this this gout i I think it uh i think it appeals to that kind of animal lizard brain that we have where we all want to have some of that basic person comfort level where like every every month or so a month or two months. <laughs> every month or so, or maybe every bi-weekly. I don't yeah. know. I Whenever mean, you get your I'm... period, you should also go to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I didn't want to do a menstrual <laughs> reference, but of course I wanted to, but we're not that close to really make those types of sex jokes just quite yet. It, it's kind of like, you know what? I Maybe I, I killed it this month. I've been eating very healthy and working out a bunch. And sometimes you just want to say, fuck it. I'm just going to eat spinach artichoke dip. French fries with ranch, oh. a margarita, oh. and a slice of like Oreo cheesecake. Bro. And you just do it and you love it. You enjoy it. You're not down on Did yourself. Did you eat the bread when you went? Did you get like some baskets of bread? The bread is the best part. The bread is reason enough to go. Yeah, I agree. I'm not kidding you. Jason goes pretty often. This is not, he's not putting on like they go. You, I would say you go once every couple months, right, Jason? Yeah. Well, my, my girlfriend and one of our mutual friends, this girl, Emily, they like to do kind of like normal people role play, I guess. <laughs> like where they normally live sort of like more luxurious lifestyles designer clothing and chic restaurants and things like that but their childhood you know is deeply embedded in that cheesecake factory so there's a lot of like yeah warm nostalgia that you feel entering there and it's all and also like a, a big part of it to me is like the service level where you go to all these like you know brooklyn hipster restaurants or all these spots in la and the service is kind of shit. You have an aspiring actor, waiter, server person that is not very good. But at Cheesecake, 
everyone is just on it. The service is, you know, the, from the hostess to the janitor, the guy cleaning up the tables, the manager, they're like, they're very good. They're very well trained. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine and those are hard to come by nowadays. So like when you go to most restaurants now, in, in New York and LA anyway, there's this thing that happens at the beginning of your meal where the person waiting on you asks, have you dined with us before? Mm-hmm. And you know it's about to unlock this, like, <laughs> all this lore and all this, like, procedural shit. And that does not happen at the Cheesecake Factory. They, d- they could not give a fuck whether you've been there before. It's so straightforward. <laughs> They're like, I work here. You don't. Yeah. You tell me food. I bring. You eat. You pay me. That's how restaurants work. Yeah. It's so easy. You there. know what French fries are. Yeah. You know what spaghetti is. I remember having that. I, oh, God. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I, I say this all the time. What's the restaurant downtown LA that I hate? What's the restaurant that I hate? <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Downtown Bestia? Bestia. I went to Bestia, which was like hot restaurant at the time, and I sat down and I ordered a pizza and they like explained to me that they do pizza a little differently. And I'm just like, fuck you. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna eat the I'm not gonna eat the pizza from the center out. I don't yeah. care if it's so like you're out of your fucking minds. Look, it's pizza. I think I got it under control That's once what you I'm put saying. it in front of exactly. me. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. But but I think you're right. I think that the have you dined this before? I can't think of a restaurant I've been to, like a, a real restaurant, quote unquote, that doesn't ask you that. And I have to, wh- what is the point of asking that question? Because they're prepping you to not get enough food. They know they're about to bring you not enough food and they want to take the liability off themselves. So they say things like tapas. Mm. They want you to spend more money, basically, right. is what it is. They want you to spend more money. I think you're probably right about it. Jason, do you have a theory or does that track for you? No, that does track, but it's also like... Restaurants like the Cheesecake Factory, they're very straightforward, so there's no explanation. It's a restaurant, you're a customer, that's it. Sure. But all the, every restaurant now is like the chef or the owner is like, I, we're, we're going to do it my spe- special way. Right. And if you have been here, then I don't have to spend the next 10 minutes doing the spiel right. that I hate to do, that I do 100 times a night of like the chef wants you to order three to five small dishes for the table and four to three mains and yeah. get everything out. And we'll, you know, it's like a, it's a whole thing. So by the end of it, no one no one's really enjoying it anymore. I've worked at those restaurants where I, I have to I have to give the lore mm-hmm. to the new customers and they become hostile a lot of the time. Your customer <laughs> is just yeah, I mean that's kind of <laughs> me too because you know I would never be hostile to somebody working in a restaurant, but in my head I'm just like you motherfucker just bring me an amount of food <laughs> where I will eat it and be happy for the rest yeah. of the night. I don't want to eat be it satisfied. and be happy now. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, I think I think it's I think what has to happen is the server instead of being like oh, have you been here before and you're like no it's the first time and they're like okay well, and then they like go into that at that point the customer hates it the server hates it no one's having a good time. But if the server is like hey like the information I'm about to tell you, this lore, is very beneficial. It's important. Pay attention because it will help you in this meal. If there's a little bit of that kind of like urgency or like this is important info that you should take in, then I think everyone will be a little bit happier. Maybe. But, you know, good good help is just hard to find across the board <laughs> service What kind of restaurants did you work in? Did you work in like fine dining, like high-end kind of vibe or was it mid-range? I've worked in all sorts. I worked in restaurants for about 10 years and uh, I did like coffee shops that only had counter service and then the last restaurant I worked in was like high-end prefix that kind of deal Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I will say that overall, working for the corporate chains, all restaurant jobs that I ever had were like very shitty. Working for the corporate <coughs> chains was better because they can't really get away with much. They've got like inspectors up their ass all the time. They have to mm. report taxes in a real way. <laughs> and like the mom and pop joint, they do not do any of that shit. They yeah, pretend yeah. I don't exist when the tax man comes around. It's just really yeah, awful. So, so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get into the culinary world, I better start at Starbucks. Yes, that's what my first job was. I know a lot of people that worked at Starbucks. At the, at all my friends that worked at Starbucks were worked there because it was easy to steal money. I remember that Very. specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a big. That was a big like really gotten to the point where I think they were running like two register, like really in depth, like not taking oh, yeah. a 20 off the top. Like we, we're doing this professionally. Yeah. And it's like, it's very easy to do that even at a low individualized level. You just, you know, slip shit in your pocket. I once stole an entire drawer full of free drink coupons and I was using them all over town. Like, a, <laughs> yeah, like it was yeah, a yeah. heist, like a heist yeah. in a thousand pieces. It was, it was great for me. So do you ever go back to Starbucks or are you traumatized? I I never go back to the one that I specifically worked at, and I never will. Even getting off the DC Metro at the same stop <laughs> as that Starbucks, I don't like to do it. It's the train stop is a trigger. A little bit. No, I'm with you on that. I'm <laughs> she, with you on that. She smells the burnt Pike Place roast wafting through the air, and she's just taken back to high school. You know. That's right. <laughs> so what's your Starbucks order? I usually just get an iced chai. I don't like to get fussy with it. Iced chai. Iced chai is your is you not getting fussy? <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to make <laughs> it's like the easiest thing to make because you don't have to pull espresso okay oh so you're thinking of oh so you're thinking of the barista in the situation very selfless well i do like it it is what i like to drink but i like there are also things i like to drink at starbucks that are a pain in the ass to make and i never get them did you did you make because i remember i had a friend who would make these crazy because we were all vegan at the time he would make these crazy like vegan milkshakes almost yeah that he he patented like an off menu you know it would cost 14 dollars if you ordered it because there's so much shit in it. Are are people's orders really as crazy as as like it comes off in the world? I had one guy who uh he had a drink. It was in a in a venti cup, a large cup, and it was 14 pumps of chai syrup, <laughs> 10 pumps of a, of uh vanilla syrup, heavy whipping cream, <laughs> steamed, it was hot. <laughs> And then with whipped cream on the top, and he called it his chai pudding, and he drank one a day, and the whole thing has to have been like 5,000 calories. It grossed me out even to one make it. One a day? Yeah, one a day. So there was no, there was no coffee in this at all? None. No. Did this guy? Did this guy? Did this guy have to get wheeled in, or was he like a normal? No, he was like thi- he was a yoga instructor. I think his name was Mike. I will never forget that his name was Mike, or that he had chai pudding. Nobody liked to make it. You remember how much this beverage cost? <sighs> Fuck, I don't. It was like twenty. It was in the twenty-ish dollar <laughs> range. It was a lot. It was like his treat for the day. It would sure, come in. Sure, sure. It was very friendly, but he would also like stand over the person making it and like observe and give notes yeah 11 yeah. 12 yeah 13, exactly. 14. Okay, now the he would call you out if you didn't do the the syrup count right and uh you know he was a nice guy but he was a pain in the ass nobody liked to make his drink because it was so disgusting to handle it weighed like a pound and a half it was such a weighty thing that's so gnarly. i i i guess i'm i, I like things that's cool. my 
my way, but for some, I, I would never make it that hard on people. No. Like, I, I guess I don't, I don't have that experimental or that disgusting of a palate where I need something to be so specific right. that I'm going to make your life a problem if it's not done correctly. Yeah. And I mean, like any one person doing shit like that is not really a big deal. But when you have a line of like 20 people in a row yeah, and they all yeah, want you yeah, to yeah, do yeah. something a little bit differently, it, it sucks. It's annoying. But why do you think, but do you think Starbucks do you think they encourage the customization or do you think they're implicit? Oh yeah, they absolutely encourage it. That was the whole thing when Starbucks first became real popular, right? Was cuz it was like oh. Starbucks versus like gas station coffee. And at the time Starbucks was like the fancy option. I mean, that's not really the case anymore. It's kind of basic now. Sure, sure. But it was like crazy expensive and they had to justify it and so they would allow you to get weird with it. You could change yeah. the milk that you were getting or the number of syrup pumps in something you could get whipped cream when there wasn't supposed to be any and you know they would encourage this stuff tacitly and of course they charge you extra for making all these Mm -hmm. customizations the the starbucks iced soy latte unsweetened is already so sweet you know like the soy milk has a fuckload of sugar in it whenever i drink just an unsweetened drink from starbucks it's already so sweet to begin with and i think that's what's wrong with america i mean it's coffee for the american palate like i do think that's true because Mm -hmm. americans are so used to there being ambient sugar in absolutely everything ambient sugar is a great way to put it you know their whole marketing deal was to act kind of tacitly italian like they they would just kind of make up fake italian (laughs) names for stuff and you know it was like they were putting on a mario accent but like really it's so american i mean i think that that's the thing if you stand in line at starbucks eight eight of ten people order things without coffee in them you know or or at least a small amount of coffee if that so i think it's like that's what the business i'm getting my unicorn milk for the kids it's blue (laughs) blue with purple sprinkles um well well, back to cheesecake (laughs) Couple, couple things. One theory of mine and one question. So I have a theory that for many restaurants, almost all restaurants, that it is a safer bet and you'll be happier if you never order a main course dish. If you only order an assortment of appetizers. Mm. And I feel like Cheesecake Factory is like the prime example of that where like whatever dish you get, like if you order a steak with mashed potatoes at Cheesecake Factory, it's kind of, it's going to be a bummer. Right. But like all the appetizers are parfait. So do you do you agree with this? Yeah, wholeheartedly. Having worked in restaurants as well. Uh, yeah, and I I mean maybe it is because I've worked in restaurants, or maybe I just love to eat food that is fried. But uh, <laughs> I've been trying to pitch around this article for months. By the way, that this like oh. I want to write something about how appetizers are the best foods and side dishes. Apps and sides are the best. Mm-hmm. Main courses are always a step down every time because it's like. You know, the point of it is to be the protein and to be filling in a legitimate way. And that's kind of not congruous with the goal of tasting as good as possible. Mm. Appetizers are always deep fried or they're covered in a layer of melted cheese. They're appetizing. They are so appetizing. (laughs) And also they're uh, often a third of the price of the main dish. So you're able to diversify and hedge your bets. You can get three apps if two out of three are good. Right. If you order one main dish and it sucks, then you're you're batting a zero. You know, it's it's just so risky. No, I think that's right. 
I mean, I, I say that's right, and uh, at the same time, I realize that I just said I think it's annoying when the server has to be like, you should get three to five uh, such and such. And- <laughs> but, but a server never says, you should never order any of our expensive main course dishes. Just get a bunch of little apps. You'll be much happier. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would be problematic, I think, for the server. I feel like their job would be Their job is in, to make all the jeopardy. money. Uh, follow-up question, what's your order at Cheesecake? From front to back? Tip to tail. Uh, tip to tail. Okay. Uh, I like to start proceedings with a mojito. <laughs> uh, really, any of their, you know, any sugary cocktail is good because they give you huge glasses of everything. Regular, not skinny licious. No skinny. I, I don't go skinny licious ever. I don't think that would taste so good. <laughs> okay. That's kind of true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, you know, you want the maximum amount of butter. I'm in a fucking restaurant. Like, give me the butter. I'm in Cheesecake Factory. I'm here for the Cheesecake Factory. Right, exactly. Okay, so mojito. Uh, okay, so mojito. Full fat mojito. Uh, then I like, uh, yes, full fat mojito, full sugar, mm-hmm. all that. Uh, I like the avocado egg rolls, even though they are not of any identifiable ethnicity. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> fine. I just think they taste incredible. Never had them. Sure. Try it next time. You should. And uh, I, I'm not a I'm not a warm avocado girl, but I, I, I no me neither. Okay, good. Okay. I don't I don't like cooked avocado, but it's like raw avocado inside of a egg roll wrapper. It's nice. Okay. And uh, for my main course, I like to get the Louisiana chicken pasta. Oh. Louisiana chicken pasta. Yeah, I don't say it like that. I just say it normal. (laughs) (laughs) Try it. Try it. What what is normal? What is the normal way to say Louisiana? You know what I mean? You're not having enough fun, is what I I'm not having that much fun. I didn't know it was possible to have so much fun when I order food. Egg roll straight into Cajun Bayou pasta. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I like to make fusion in my stomach. I like, you know, not in the same dish, but Mm. as courses follow each other. Uh, And I have to take home most of that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Like, they give you, like, two massive chicken patties. I always have to save at least one full chicken patty, which is good because, you know, more food. I like to get more bang for my buck or whatever. So you you eat about a third of this, perhaps. Yeah, roughly. Okay. And uh, for my dessert, I have to go with the Adam's Peanut Butter Fudge Ripple Cheesecake. Oh, shit. I don't know who Adam is. Who the fuck is Adam? Yeah, I was about to ask. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Peanut Butter Ripple Cheesecake. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. I'm a peanut butter guy. Most of their other ones are too sweet for me. The peanut butter is kind of salty. So that's nice. Jason, how, just quickly, uh, how does that compare to yours, like calorically? Uh, that's pretty on point with what we normally order. I like to get the roadside sliders. Mm. If you ever get some of those, add cheese, of course. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, every restaurant I ever go to, uh, nothing is as enjoyable to me as the bread and butter and, and cheesecake is probably... Theirs is the best, I think. They have the best bread and butter of like any place. I've tried to make the brown bread at home, but it never comes out quite right. I have made it at home and it came out close-ish, but you, you're never going to get it because you have to have that like chemical laden ingredient list that because you know if you make it at home with like with flour and sugar (laughs) (laughs) with like flour and sugar exactly yeah Uh, not just you know high fructose 
you know, Exxon Valdez oil <laughs> oil spill. Yeah, exactly. Ground up exactly. cardboard. It just tastes better. You know, you want to taste the plastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need microfibers some of, of plastic in there. It just makes it all happen. Yeah, the microfibers. I love microfiber in my cleaning cloths as well as my bread before <laughs> I start my before I start my meal. Thanks. Okay, Jason. so so tacky is is all of this and more. These are a collection of essays on all of these specific things that are considered tacky. What are what are a couple other wants to throw out to wet my whistle uh your whistle uh early aughts hot topic mm. and, and the mall oh, in baby. general the mall comes up uh the 2001 live action josie and the pussycats a fine film a fine film that's when a girl became a woman deep cuts you went in. yeah I, i've got some you deep cuts in. and uh meatloaf the performer not the not the food i almost ordered meatloaf from cheesecake when i was there last time and the waiter was like it's good i have had it before it's pretty good i should have done it you guys are you guys are both fucking gross. Rax King. <laughs> Rax King, thank you for joining us. Uh tack, Tacky is in stores wherever you get books, correct? Yeah. Perfect. Congratulations on that. And and where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Uh you can find me at patreon.com slash Rax King is dead. That's my handle on Twitter as well. And if you don't know how to read, you can also listen to my podcast, Low Culture Boil. Just like a Louisiana Cajun pasta dish. Exactly. Huh? I, she's a, she's a Louisiana um Rax. Yeah, thank you for joining us and uh we will talk to you soon. I'll email you.